These are the times, survival my only crime I gotta be on my grind, a lot of my homies gone Inside of me, Lord, I know it's a lie that we gon' be fine But mama, I'm tired of crying, just lie to me one more time Cause it's crunch time Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Monday edition of the show, a new week, and we are going to try to wipe the slate clean of what was a deplorable, deplorable performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over on the West Coast. So bad, the game stunk so much that there's reports that Tom Brady didn't even shower after the game, and he (laughs) flew home. (laughs) smelling of that awful awful loss so uh we'll finally put a bow on that game talk about what's next for the bucks as it's crunch time they're trying to win the division and make the playoffs by uh again winning that nfc south and hosting a home game so go figure i'm your host matt matera join with me is the face that runs the place over at pewterreport.com scott reynolds scott we talked about the game yesterday and it's just lingering. The fans are fighting on social media. Oh, yeah. Um, there's reports that Brady is withholding information from Byron Leftwich. I don't know how much I necessarily buy that. And it kind of feels like the sky is falling a little bit. And maybe this team uh, just really isn't good. Well, I don't think the Buccaneers are that good. At, at the same time, they're still... Still in the driver's seat in first place in the NFC South. Now, that might change quickly, right? Because if the Buccaneers lose and the Panthers and the Falcons win, all of a sudden you've got a three-way tie for first place in the NFC South. So it's kind of crazy that um, that that this division is so crappy, yet there's three teams right in the thick of, of the crappiness and, and yeah. <laughs> waiting to see who will be the king of the crap this year in the NFC South. And um, I I think this game is going to come down to the final two games of the year, right, at home in that season finale against the Carolina Panthers. And I wonder if the Buccaneers are going to break out their pewter uniforms for that. Well, are they going to wear that? I don't know. I've been waiting for it. We're (laughs) rocking pewter today on on, on the show for those watching on YouTube. Um, Yeah, I've been waiting for that jersey. You know what? They haven't been winning much in their other combinations, whether it's white jersey and pewter pants or right. red jersey and white pants, whatever it is, have not been doing well on the field. So why not switch it up and go pewter? Remember they wore the pewter when they beat the yeah. Broncos two seasons ago? That's true. They did That's wear true. it when they lost to the Rams last season, but they at least yeah. played a lot better than they have this year, even in winning. That's a fact. Uh, even in they, winning moments. So. They got over 20 points in in uh, in that game against the Rams. So, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm wearing a long sleeve pewter shirt today, Matt, and the reason for that is because I'm I'm bracing for for the uh, Arctic cold front that's going to come to Florida later this weekend. <laughs> it's um, winter is coming, as they say in Game yeah. of Thrones, and also in Tampa, Florida. Uh, this is going to be a a cold, cold game um, where temperatures are, are plummeting. Might give the Bengals an advantage in this game, Matt. Not that they of course need so of one. all the teams they're playing. It's right. a cold weather team that's used to the weather at this point. Exactly. Game. So. Uh, you know, on Sunday, the forecast right now is is 62 degrees. Ooh, I'm just like getting a chill just thinking about that. 62 degrees for the high on Sunday. That's right, not the low, the high. The low is supposed to be 45 degrees. So with this game being a 425 start, it's going to be sundown pretty much <laughs> right after kickoff. And uh, and can the Buccaneers win a cold-weather game in their own stadium? It's probably going to dip down into the 50s, which – if you're from Florida, 
that is Arctic temperatures. So I'm already preparing uh, by wearing my long sleeve today to prepare me for the, the coming cold front this weekend. That's uh, good game. to get ahead of things. Good to get ahead of things. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bucks prepare all week long and then run the same plays uh, on offense <laughs> in the game. So it's like, do they really that prepare they do, Matt. That they yeah. do. I uh, want to give a shout out to Jonathan Frun- Frunzi, Frunzi here, Frunzi. Let's go with that. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the 4.99 super chat. No comment with it. Um, if you do want to comment in a little bit, we will put that up on the yeah. uh, on the screen here. Um, but yeah, thanks nonetheless for the super chat. Speaking of putting things up on the screen, want yeah. to remind everyone that at 4:20 today, so That's in right. about 14 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have some. Roll call. Roll call. Where you at, Peter people? We want to know because we have so many awesome fans of PeterReport.com, the Peter people, as we like to call you. Uh, We want to know where you're watching from because our fans are watching from all over the place, from the United States, East Coast, West Coast, international as well. We have awesome fans around the globe. And whether the Bucks are playing good, whether the Bucks are playing bad, you guys show up for every single episode. So uh, we want to show a little love. To you guys by uh, putting your comment up on the screen, telling us where you were watching from. So yep. at 420, uh, one of us will start talking, uh, going on a rant or. It might be me today. I've, I've got some okay. things to say. That, yeah, so, that's uh, that's that's totally that's totally cool. And uh, I'll, I'll put the comments on the screen where you guys are watching from. So just remember that at 420 <laughs> in 13 minutes from now. Yeah. Um, start doing roll call because we got great fans all over the place. And uh we want to display that to to everyone watching. So yeah, the only thing better than doing roll call on Mondays is when it takes place during a victory Monday. We yes, can't, we can't control that. That's not up to Matt and I. Uh, if it was, I'm not saying that we could call better plays than Byron Leftwich. Although I'm not saying we couldn't, Matt. There's a big distinction there. I'm yeah. not saying we couldn't. <laughs> um, but yes, we love doing roll call because honestly, that's why we do these podcasts. It's for you guys, the Peter people. It's just another way for us to kind of make that direct connection with you guys, the fans of Peter Report and of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where we can interact with you guys rather than just write stories. And we do read the article comments, except for the bad ones. We don't read those, uh, but nope. the, we do read the good ones. But we do read your good and bad comments, and we try to answer your good and bad questions. I don't think you guys have bad questions. I think even even no. if the questions are kind of negative, they're still really good. Because honestly, and I'm th- this is more about you guys, the Peter people, than us, the Peter reporters. But you guys are the most intelligent Buccaneer fans out there. You really without are. question. Not, not all of you, but like ninety nine percent of you are really <laughs> really smart. And uh, and we appreciate the absolute heck out of you guys. So thank you very much for tuning in. Every time we do a Peter Report podcast and also also on, on our, our Peter Game Day shows as well. Yeah, absolutely love you guys. We got a couple of super chats we're gonna get to in a moment, but first we're gonna talk about our presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, Celsius Energy Drinks, a variety of different flavors. Scott, you were talking about the Arctic weather that's coming. Uh that's yeah. fitting because Arctic Bob is my personal favorite flavor uh, of Celsius Energy Drinks. I had one this morning. There you go. Wow, the yeah. Arctic Vibe, that's just the theme for uh for today's show because the obviously uh you know the 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 bucks offense has gone frozen so uh, ice you know, cold they're, they're, yeah they're gone they've gone ice cold uh but you can't go wrong with the arctic the peach or the tropical vibes there's a variety of different flavors i've been rocking the uh watermelon berry a lot recently oh, um so that's great flavor there a ton of uh variety of different flavors so make sure you check it out there's seven essential vitamins which is the key it's a healthy version of an energy drink and 
almost more importantly, zero sugar yeah. or preservatives. So you're not getting that post energy drink crash that you get with uh, with other products out there. Uh, it's a great thing to uh, have instead of coffee. If you if you want to get rid of uh, coffee in the morning, have a Celsius energy drink. Uh, That's what I definitely did. helps you out there. Yeah, there you go. Scott has done it. Blaine Gabbert has substituted it That's right. as well. Um, so definitely would recommend that. Um, if you want to find a Celsius and you don't know where there might be one, that's totally fine. Go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and you'll find out where there's a where there's one near you, whether it's a local convenience store, a bodega, or a, you know some other bodega. chain stores over there. Uh, they're popping up all over the place. I can literally go across the street and get a Celsius right now if I wanted to. I won't because I'm doing the podcast and I want to interact right. with the pewter people. Um, and then once you know you love Celsius – you want to start buying it in bulk and you want to skip the the process of having to, to leave and, and go out and get it and bring it back. Just go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save and have it sent to your house or apartment in bulk every one, two or three weeks, whenever you want. I would recommend getting the variety because variety is nice and about great flavors that there are. So why not try as many as you possibly can? So once again, uh, just do us a favor, drink Celsius energy drinks, uh, tweet them at us if you have it. Yeah. Hashtag Celsius lift. We love those Hashtag comments. Celsius energy. Yeah. Love, love the comments. Love interacting with the fans on there uh, when you guys are posting it. So let's get to a couple of super chats that I mentioned before that. Uh, Leo here. Thanks as always, Leo. Always giving us a super chat. Report from Stroud about Joel Glazer. He's pissed. I have not seen this report. Um, I can imagine, though, that ownership isn't happy with the fact that the team is underperforming and what could be yeah. Tom Brady's last season. So I uh, have not seen that report from Rick, but obviously he's a very well-connected guy like we are as well. So um, that's all I really got to say about that yeah, one. I'm the same way. Um, haven't seen it, but, uh, you know, obviously no Rick. He's a colleague of, of ours, works for the Times, and certainly um, certainly dialed in and connected, you know, with uh, with the team as well. Uh, yeah, we have sometimes the same sources, sometimes different sources. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the Lasers can't be happy, right? I mean, nobody's <laughs> happy. Todd Todd yeah. Bowles isn't happy. Tom Brady's not happy. So that's that's just it right now. Lawrence Lowe, thank you for the five dollars super chat. Can we just lose the rest of the game so we can get a premium pick <laughs> in the draft? I'm over this trash. Well, even wow. if they lose out, they they still have six wins. So I mean, yeah. the Texans they pretty still much could happen. win the NFC South. Yeah. Like yeah. six and eleven, right? No, actually, I don't think they can. I, I think, I think if they got, if they didn't win out another game, I, I think I, the Panthers would would win the the division. Yeah, the I think the the Panthers. I just looked up their schedule because so even the Panthers, if the Panthers lose out, and, and technically they would have to beat the Buccaneers because if the Bucks lost out, the Panthers would go one and three down the stretch. Yeah, the Panthers they would still the win Steelers. the division because they would have the the tiebreaker sweep over the Buccaneers. Yeah, they play uh, the Steelers this week, who just lost Kenny Pickett. Um, then they play the Lions, who yeah. seem to be the hottest team in football. Right. Then the the Bucks, and then they end the season with the Saints. So yeah. um, would get another division win <laughs> there yeah. uh, for them. But yeah, I mean, even if they lose out, you're getting a pick and you're missing out on you know the, the quarterback sweepstakes in general. I mean, just looking at some record across the the rest of the league like the rams well the rams don't even have their first round pick right um they they gave that to detroit so detroit's coming yeah. up huge they're playing well on the field and yes. they're gonna get the rams pick 
off the field. Uh, the Bears yeah. have three wins. They don't need a quarterback, though. The Saints have four wins. Uh, right. You look at the AFC, obviously the Texans that I mentioned, the Broncos won't be looking for a quarterback because they're handcuffed to uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. So you know what? And the Colts with four wins, they're, they're obviously looking for their quarterback of the yeah. future. The Bucks do lose out. There's a couple teams there that can't really pick a quarterback based on their current quarterback situation. Right. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm well, just you don't have to draft were... a quarterback in the first round. By God, man, the, the, the 49ers picked one with the last pick in the draft. Yeah. And Tom Brady. So <laughs> and, he like, looked, and he looked all pro. So Yeah, he did. He looked really good, actually. Um, you know, sometimes your comments are just funny. And when I see them and they're funny, I'm just going to put them out there. I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with this, but that's a funny comment. It just is, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, uh, shout out do... Hayden Penitzer. She went on to be a famous, uh, pretty famous actress. So. Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, yeah. but we yeah we we do need uh, some levity. We do need some comedy uh, because uh, I don't say these are dark times. But my gosh, man, they're they're six and seven. They should be better. They're still in the thick of this thing, which is crazy. But um, I will drink to get sober over Donovan. <laughs> Oh, you guys! This is. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take a second here to find more, more funny comments because right. I know you guys, a, you guys are, are a, not letting us down today by any means. We're having a comedy so, hour, which is which is great. Yep. Um, I saw another good one here too. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, well, here's the super chat. This is always good uh, from Stank Bastard too. He's always thanks, funny. Stank. Evidently, yeah. Tom Brady didn't shower for the game and flew back to Tampa with swamp ass thoughts. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yeah, if you're gonna stink on the, gonna stink on the field, you might as yeah. well uh, maybe sending a message. We're gonna stink on the field, then we're gonna yeah. stink on the plane ride home. I was saying that on Ronnie and T Kraz. Yeah, like that's circulated air on that plane. So yes, that's true. Brady might be the one that stunk on the plane, but the whole team is getting affected yeah. by that. So uh that's yeah. a long pl- that's a long <laughs> flight home, too. You know, yeah. that's like a five, six hour flight. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's not from the Midwest, that's from the West Coast. So yes, yeah. we appreciate the the 499 super chat there stank and uh yeah uh i've got no problems with that um i i, I think that uh let's see here whoops that was not it here we go uh devin tompkins i asked speaking of stink and stank i asked tom uh or todd bowles today in in the zoom press conference what what he liked what was the positive from this and, and honestly i thought he was going to give a little bit of love to anthony nelson yeah i'm not going to lie right. he was the the highest graded PFF player for the Buccaneers. I think he had like an like an 89 grade game, something like that. He had, I think, nine tackles in the game, a forced fumble, uh, took out Debo Samuel, unfortunately. You know, not that we want to see anybody right. get hurt. But um, but I thought Nelly played a really good game. He's in a contract year, and I don't think he's going to cash in on it necessarily. He might be back in Tampa. I would, re- I would re-sign him for a one-year deal on the cheap or maybe a small multi-year deal. But um, – you know he hasn't played well enough to really earn a starting role, but but to come back, but uh, but that's what Todd Bowles said. It was he mentioned Devin Tompkins? He said Devin Tompkins was. He didn't say he was the lone bright spot, but he was the only bright spot he mentioned. He thought that he did a really good job—a fifty-four-yard kickoff return and averaging ten point five yards per punt return, so no drop off at all from from Jalen Darden, yeah. uh, who would run ten yards to run out of bounds and find the closest sideline to you know to run to. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Devin Tompkins at wide receiver, too. The guy's a playmaker. And, and I think if there's you know, if there's a damning moment in all of this, it's 
the Buccaneers end up making the right move. It's just a lot later than it should be and needs to be. And by that, right. I mean Luke Gedeke out at left guard, Nick Leverett in. Right, like, yeah. If Gedeke didn't get hurt, who even knows if, if Nick Leverett gets to play? Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, then, then you, you know, then you've got, uh, this move here, which obviously in just one game, you, you clearly see the difference about how good Devin Tompkins is, how much better he is right uh, over Jalen Darden. And, and I think whoever the next offensive coordinator will be next year for the Buccaneers will be better than Byron Leftwich, but it probably should have happened at the bye week this, this week. I kind of know why it didn't happen. I can't really say that now. I will say it in a couple of weeks. Already writing the story, uh, but uh, the guy that I'd like to see, and I wrote about it in in the the Monday morning mailbag, was uh, Todd Munkin. I think I've said in the yeah. podcast too. I'd love to see Todd Munkin back here. So yeah, that, we'll, that, we'll get into that much later. But I think that that's... would be a lot of fun. The, yeah. the only thing I'll say, and then I want to get to Les's uh, super chat because we have a yeah. uh, roll call coming up, and then yeah. this chat will get unfortunately lost in the shuffle with uh, all yeah. the fans putting their location. Uh, the one thing I'll say is. I would like to see Tompkins at receiver, but like, where exactly do you get him on the field? Because you're not taking Mike or Chris off. Julio Jones right. has played very well since he's gotten healthy, and yeah. Russell Gage is is easing his way back in. Uh, so sure, you could replace easing his way. I replace I Russell Gage playing great. I replace um, Russell Gage. And then like Scotty, listen, Scotty's a one trick pony, but he's been getting open. Tom Brady just hasn't hit mm-hmm. him, and then he had the big catch uh, against the Saints yeah. last week. So I'm down to give Devin Tompkins an opportunity, but. I think they're going to be few and far between just based on who's in front of him. But Les, thank you for the $5 yeah, super you. chat. Brady was under and overthrowing his receiver. Seriously, could he actually be hurt? We got this question yesterday, but appreciate appreciate the, the question nonetheless yeah. because not everyone gets to watch every show. I get yeah. it. Um, I, he, you know, he hit his head on the, hit his hand on the helmet right. of 49ers player. I don't know if he's necessarily 100%, but he still has the arm strength to make the throws <laughs> that he's made. And if we're he... going to praise him for some of the throws that he has with zip, then we got to get, you know, we can't just make an excuse for when he has a bad throw. That's right. Matt, he's 45. He is not 100% at all. I'll just tell you that. At, at age 50, and yeah. I don't get hit or sacked or chased for a living, um, I'm not 100%. <laughs> Even with the <laughs> rejuvenation. Once you hit 50, like yeah. you're never 100% anymore, and 45 is close enough. He can do all the TB12 he wants to do. I'm sure it helps. Obviously, it does. But he's not 100% healthy. Remember, he got hit in the shoulder earlier this year, the hand, uh, twice now. So uh, he he's hurt. But you know what? It's, it's December football, man. You find me an NFL player who's not hurt right now playing. That's part of the yep. game. It's like, That's are so you true. hurt? If you're or hurt, injured. you're going to play. Or are you injured? And if you're not you know, hurt, you're injured, then, then you're not playing, right? That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Um, I see right now it is 420 on the clock, ladies and gentlemen. That means it is time for some, where's the graphic? Roll call. Tell us where you're at, pewter people. Where are you watching this show from? As we said before, we have awesome fans from all over the globe, really, from America to uh, international spots as well. So, Scott, you said that uh, you have something that you might want to talk about during this uh, roll call session right here. So, yeah, uh, if you will, please, the floor is yours, and I will start putting everyone's uh, location up 
on the screen. And then we're going to get to some super chats yeah. after roll call. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the biggest problems this year with the Buccaneers, obviously they lost a lot of talent, right? They lost uh, Ali Marpet and Rob Gronkowski to retirement. Antonio Brown, you know, the, did the piece out at the end of last year. Alex Kappa left in free agency. So did Jordan Whitehead. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul just kind of got too old. Same with Ndamukong Sue. But they've lost a lot of talent. And the problem with the Buccaneers this year is the existing talent, even some of the higher paid players, Shaq Barrett before he was hurt, Carlton Davis, who always seems like he's a little hurt uh, this year, and, and Donovan Smith, they're, they're not playing well. These are some of the highest paid Buccaneer players. Mike Evans, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, they're just not playing well. So the Buccaneer stars that are making a lot of money uh, have not really been earning their paychecks. And and it's it's been crazy because it hasn't been just one or two players. It's kind of been like across the board. But obviously, the the bigger concern right now is left tackle Donovan Smith, right? He's not having a good year, an awful year, actually. And he's coming off of his best year last year. And he played pretty well down in the Super Bowl stretch in that final four games of the regular season then and also in the postseason. So who's going to replace Donovan Smith? And, and I, I say that because I think he's going to be back next year, but I don't know, know if that's a certain the Buccaneers can save some cap room. They will take a $7.5 million cap hit, and left tackles don't grow on, don't grow on trees. But Donovan will be 30 next year, and he's just had this up-and-down roller coaster of a career here in Tampa. And, and does, does this team know that he's going to play better next year? He's going through some personal stuff this year that might sort itself out, and he might have a better year next year. But, boy, can you count on that? Even if Tom Brady decides he wants to come back to Tampa Bay and play one more year. Can you trust Donovan Smith after such a bad year with holding penalties, a, a bad false start yesterday, sacks allowed? I, I think it's time for this team, and I wrote about this in my two-point conversion column, which I'll post in a minute, for them to consider moving Tristan Wirfs from right tackle to, to left tackle next year. This is a player that it is the best offensive lineman ever in Tampa Bay in terms of, of athletic talent and also accolades as, a, as an all-pro and a, and a pro bowler. Tristan has the ability, the athleticism, the size to play on the left side. It's so much easier to find right tackles in the draft, Matt, and in free agency than it is left tackles. And so they've already have their future left tackle in-house, in my opinion. And I think that they should look at possibly moving Tristan Wirfs from right tackle to left tackle next year and really bolster that position. They're going to have to end up paying him a contract extension at some point. Go ahead and make the move. Let him get used to it in the offseason and, and and maybe part ways with Donovan Smith. Or maybe look at Donovan Smith as a right tackle. Maybe you flip those guys. But the, the blind side of Tom Brady or wherever the quarterback's going to be next year is just too important to leave up the chance. And and you can't have these penalties and sacks allowed that Smith is, has, has given up this year. I don't know if you can trust Donovan Smith next year, but I do trust Tristan Wirfs. Put him at the premium position on the offensive line, the left tackle spot. He played a couple of games there at Iowa, didn't miss a beat when they had some injuries there. I think that was his sophomore year at Iowa, and, and it's a move that I think the Bucks have to consider making. One last thing, too. We were chatting with uh, John Ledyard, former Pewter reporter, who uh, – you know, we're still part of our group chat. We like to talk football with him, and he had a great idea. You know, maybe maybe re-sign Keanu Neal and look at him as a linebacker. You know, he did not have a good game as a safety yesterday. He's more of a physical player, a pretty good blitzer when he's not hitting the quarterback in the helmet. But uh, you know, he's he's effective in and around the box and in that twelve yard 
uh, short, intermediate, shallow type of coverages, you can get away with Gown O'Neill. But once you go 15 yards, 20, 25 yards down the field, it's not really his forte. I know he made that big, huge splash play against Taysom Hill, but that's more of the outlier, not the norm for Keanu Neal. And so a couple of position switches I'm just throwing out there for next year. We got one eye on the Buccaneers this year and also looking ahead a little bit, but maybe re-sign Keanu Neal. He seems like a Todd Bowles type player, despite not playing well yesterday. Maybe look at him as a potential successor to Levante David, because I think he can play that Mo backer. You've got the Mike backer, which is mm-hmm. Devin White's position, which is that middle linebacker. Then you got the Mo backer, which is that nickel a weak side linebacker that, that Levante David has played. And, you know, it's crazy to think, Matt, uh, Levante recovered that fumble, right? Yep. <laughs> there it is. That's the first takeaway Levante David has had all year. This is a splashy player that would come up with interceptions, you know, pick six sometimes, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles. It's crazy to think it has taken, what, 13 games for mm-hmm. Levante David to come up with a takeaway. And if he's going to come back for one more year in Tampa, and I think the Bucks would certainly be open to it because right now the cupboard is bare behind him. Right. KJ Britt is not a starting caliber linebacker, but Matt, he's going to have to come back on, you know, on, on, on a pay cut, right? If he comes back. Yeah. Levante David has played solid. He's been Mr. Reliable in terms of just fundamentals and, you know, confidence that he can make tackles and things like that. But the, the lack of splash plays that we always talk about. And thank you to Eric for the uh, $5 super chat or super sticker. As, uh, as he says, those splash plays just aren't happening anymore. Yeah. I mean, even last season, granted he was playing with, with a foot injury towards the end of that year, but he's just not getting takeaways anymore. Yeah. And it's, he's old reliable, but right now he's just old, you know, yeah. in terms of in terms yeah. of his um, NFL career. Uh, just to comment on some of the other things that you said, and I thought it was a really mm-hmm. good, really good. I, was it a speech? I guess good, good take. I guess I should say about yeah. Donovan Smith and and uh, Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal's played linebacker before; it didn't totally work. But uh, yeah. as Josh Capo was saying in our group chat, yeah, Todd Bowles can make anyone into a linebacker. That's true. As Scott rocks the uh, the tropical vibe right there. Yep. But the Tristan Wirfs thing, I mean, there, there had been whispers about it like when he got drafted of, you know, should they move him to left tackle? Because Donovan Smith was not a sure thing at that time, you know, when they yep. first got Tom Brady and there was talks of, oh, like maybe they should move him and they didn't. And obviously it worked out. Yeah. Um, he has played there before, as you said. Tristan did say this year in the uh, in the locker room, <laughs> he said that, you know, going from one side of the line to the other, it's kind of like, if your wife in your ass with your strong hand and then you switch right. to your other hand, uh, I thought it was <laughs> a very, Tristan. a very specific answer, yes. but it, it kind of made sense. So yeah, I think in the off season or you have all the time to practice it. And yep. I think Tristan Wirfs is the ultimate. I think there's anyone else on the roster that I trust more than Tristan Wirfs. I get his job done. So yep. I agree. You know, if that means switching him and then they start looking at tackles in this draft or whatever yep. it is, that's fine. But you have to solidify your left tackle. It's the most important position. And Donovan's penalties are literally costing them points. It happened yeah. yesterday's game. It happened yep. on the Chris Godwin touchdown that was negated. It's happened right. multiple times. I believe a touchdown possibly in the game against the Ravens was called back on a Donovan penalty or a play that got them, you know, right in first and goal inside the five. So, yeah. This has been a trend. It's not just uh it's just not just 
one thing out of the norm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, consistent. you're right. And Donovan has just had that up and down roller coaster of a career before yeah. kind of getting his act together in 2020. And then you think, okay, maybe he's matured, he's older. Tom Brady's here, right? It took him a while. He's, you know, he finally like kind of crossed that bridge. But now we're back to, you know, 2016, 2017, Donovan, and, and it just you you reach a point where like, can you trust him? You know, and and that that's that's the thing. It's it's it, listen. The the most the four most important positions in football, and, and this is kind of old school, but I still think it applies to today, Matt. Uh, I know you, you you maybe you need that that game breaking wide receiver, but really it used to be quarterback, right? You need that that superstar quarterback to really build a franchise and, and win a Super Bowl. Uh, the number two position. Is is your left tackle the the guy to protect that quarterback? Your number three position of importance is that pass rusher, that edge rusher to get after the quarterback and affect the quarterback. And then number four, that stud cornerback that can kind of be an eraser and take away a game's number one wide receiver. Yeah, and and maybe four if that's four A, maybe four B now in this day and age with the passing gaming so prominent is that stud star wide receiver, right? That's, that's probably the four or five most important positions, but left tackle still number two, maybe even more important than ever, given the fact how the NFL is just such a passing down. You got to be able to be a premier pass protector at the left tackle position. Teddy with the $5 super chat. Thank you, Teddy. Safe to say Arian's consultant role would end next year after left, which is gone just to start fresh and remove some loyalty bias from the building. I think that's going to happen. I would be all in favor of that. I think that right now it's a, it is a dysfunctional cluster. You know what? At one buck in your place right now, you have torn allegiances in that building. You have, uh, you have Bruce Arians in the building, who's like best friends with Jason Light, who wanted Todd Bowles to be his head coach successor. Mm -hmm but who loves Byron Leftwich and still thinks after all this year's crap that he can still be a good play caller and, and be a good head coach somewhere. And it's just, it's a dysfunctional situation right now. And, and I think that, that I think Arian should retire to Lake Oconee. I love Bruce. Absolutely love him. I have nothing against him. He served, served this team well, but if you're going to turn this team over to Todd Bowles, turn it over to him and, and, and get out of the way. And I think Byron is is not long for Tampa. And it doesn't help that, like, even when the Bucs went on the two-game winning streak and then Bruce gets interviewed and he's like, Tom hasn't been playing well. That's yeah. why they've been losing. It's like, do we yeah. need that right now? And no. I'm sure it'll happen again, you know, the ne the next time there's there's a big issue. And, uh, you know, if you're there to consult, consult behind yeah. the scenes. You know, right. um, again, we appreciate everything Bruce Arians has done. I'm not right. knocking him for really anything. It's just... It would be too awkward too if Byron Leftwich right. isn't there next season. He gets fired yeah. by Todd Bowles, and Bruce is going to stay there. Like, yeah. obviously, there's already dysfunction. That's only going to make the relationship even more strained between Todd Bowles and and Bruce Arians. So, agreed. Uh, yep. Yeah, Matt here with the uh, ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much, Matt, and love your name. Great name. He says, "Hey, Scott." So he's talking to you. Okay. Um, do you think if the Bucks miraculously get to the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl? Sorry, I'm laughing even thinking of that. <laughs> but too. again, appreciate the question. Yeah. Uh, do you think Byron Leftwich will be the offensive coordinator next season? Good hypothetical. Yeah, I'm going to say no, uh, no, uh, because even if they make the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, they're still going to be scoring less than 17 points, and they'll get there on the strength of the defense 
and Tom Brady. And it would be a game at very much like the the Saints game 17-16 or the the Rams game where it's it's you know a defensive slugfest and Brady leads him to a, a game winning touchdown at the end. That's the only way I see this team winning. I, there's just so much dysfunction on the offensive side of the ball that I, I I would be shocked if this team scores more than 21 points in any of their games remaining. I really would. Matt, what do, yeah. what do you think about this? I think it would have to be like the only way the, the Bucks get to the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl is like extreme old school football. Yeah. Like, almost, like, like in spite of Leftwich in, yeah, in the offense, right? Exactly. Like the Bucks win 17 to 14 and like there's a defensive touchdown and a muffed punt (laughs) you know or something like that and um i I, yeah again i just i don't see a situation where the bucks are able to consistently move the ball against opponents uh, especially they would have a road game after the initial home game unless like there's a crazy amount of upsets so you're likely going to philly the you know in the second playoff game Right, and that's just going to be absolutely yeah. horrendous. You're not going to win. Um, yeah. So, but if the offense does play well, then the Bucks are in a tough spot. Of like, well, yeah. the offense is looking good. But with that said, you know, I don't think anyone thought that the Titans were going to get rid of their GM, and you know that happened <laughs> out of the true. blue. So, there's been coaches, <laughs> you know, there's been coaches that have left after winning seasons. So, yeah, um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't exactly rule it out paul with the 20 dollar super chat Man, thank you so much through with the yeah. super chats thank hell you. yeah thank you very much uh he says can you explain how bruce arians leaving has such a dramatic effect on the coaching was he really involved in the offensive planning did he prevent the bad kind of personnel decisions that have been made this year great question yeah um he was not really involved in the offensive planning matter of fact i think uh, I think Bruce is being exactly 100% correct when he says it wasn't me. It was Byron, right? He was giving yeah. Byron a lot of credit during the uh, the 2020 Super Bowl season, even last year, too. That's legitimate. Bruce had very little to do with the offense. And matter of fact, that's kind of one that's one thing that kind of shocked Tom Brady when he came down here after talking to you know Peyton Manning, who who played under Bruce. That was his first quarterbacks coach in the NFL. I think Brady thought he was going to get the quarterback whisperer, Matt. And he was a little shocked when he found out how how hands-off Arians was with the offense and even with the quarterback position. I mean, Arians was really a figurehead, and to his credit, did a very good job. But um, at the same time, uh, it, it really wasn't – I mean, Lipwich was calling the plays, don't get me wrong. But as I said in the podcast last night, and I'm not going to repeat myself too much. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. The Buccaneers out-talented people on the offensive side of the ball. When, when you've got those three pro bowlers up front blocking for the best quarterback at picking out the mismatch, pre-snap read, reading the coverage, and already knowing where he wants to go with the ball before the ball is even snapped, Matt. That's so huge. You had Mike Evans, a future Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski, $20 million, 1,000-yard Pro Bowl wide receiver in Chris Godwin, and a guy with Hall of Fame credentials who's just an absolute jackass in Antonio Brown. You can't double all four of those guys. You can maybe take away two of those guys, but the other two are going to find you know a nickel corner, uh, a, a, you know, a backup, a safety, a linebacker. There's going to be a mismatch somewhere, and, and the Buccaneers literally out-talented people for two years. And now Gronk's gone, Marpet's gone, Jensen's hurt, Werfs is out, AB is gone, Kappa's gone. 
And the rest of the guys that are here, Smith's playing like crap. Evans is not in sync with Brady. Godwin's still not back 100% from his knee injury, right? And, you know, Julio really has been hurt, hasn't panned out. Russell Gates certainly hasn't panned out. Cade Otten's a rookie. Cam Brait can't play anymore. So the talent isn't there to, to take advantage of, of these plays. And, and you could give the talent the Buccaneers had, honestly, I believe this, to just about any offensive coordinator on any other NFL team. Just say, here are the Bucs starting 11 from 2020 or 2020 or 2021. And, and, they, and that offensive coordinator could get 30 points in whatever system. That's just, it's just how good they were. And yeah, now they really with, with half the talent, they just can't get it done. So, so I, I know BA's gone, but I don't think that that the magic left the building when BA left. I think the magic left the building when Marpet retired and Gronkowski left and Kappa and Whitehead left, and uh, you know, and, and Shaq Mason's been an okay replacement. So it's kind of like an even wash. But you know, they still haven't found a, a receiver, a third receiver, to come yeah. anywhere close to AB when he was like focused and playing good football yeah the more you look back at it with the 2020 and 2021 season that like especially offensively but defensively to a degree as well that really was a super team like that was as close to a super team that you'll get in the nfl and you know you you say timing is everything ba not that i think he purposely planned to to do this but ba got out at the right time whether he planned for it or not i don't think that he did but the dominoes started all falling apart this offseason, starting, as you said, Scott, with Ali Marpet retiring. I, I think it's important to point out, too, you know, the difference between Bruce and, and, and Todd Bowles is, you know, Bruce comes in there, he has a resume. He has an aura about him, you know, as we just lost Scott here. That's all right. I'll keep the, uh, I'll, I'll keep the train rolling for now. Um, you know, ball... Uh, B.A. came in. He was already uh, coach of the year multiple times. He coached Peyton Manning and Big Ben and Carson Palmer. He earned that nickname, the quarterback whisperer. So he came in with an aura on this team, not maybe to the degree of, of Tom Brady. And then you have the honeymoon phase. Remember, they came in in 2019, so you had Jameis there for a year. And then you almost had a second honeymoon phase with Tom Brady coming in and changed the landscape of everything that went on. So you almost had two honeymoon phases right then and there, but you take that out. This is what fourth year now with essentially the same coaching staff. I'm not saying it's falling on deaf ears at all, but there's not that same, you know, start and uptick that you would get with like a brand new head coach in there. So those are some of the differences really between you know Bruce Aaron having Bruce Arians in the building as a coach versus the you know the consultant yeah. that he is now and Todd Bowles that you have uh going on there as you guys see Scott is back took a little break maybe he went to go have a uh a Pirate Republic I wish yeah you just have the <laughs> uh the Celsius so yeah uh, probably not the case but of course by the way shout out to everyone during the uh, roll call today had some awesome fans. Saw one in uh, South Korea. There's another one from the Nassau Bahamas. Or awesome Nassau Bahamas, I should say. Where of yeah. course is where uh, Pirate Republic is from, and they're invading Florida now during football season and the holiday season. Could be a great gift for uh, friends and family. Who doesn't like a six pack of beer? 
or 12 pack. Uh, beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code. And that's a sense of belonging. The pirate public is a community of people living life on their terms. There's the Long John Pilsner. It's a perfect beer for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. That's in the red can that you see on the screen. Uh, you also have the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. 7.2 ounces or uh, percent of alcohol in there. So kind of a one and done if you want that. Now you can also drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wit Beer. That's in the gold can. And enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more. Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they are expanding across the state of Florida. I get my Pirate Public at the ABC liquor store. Uh, so live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. Yep. We love it. It's good stuff. Had some last night. I'm having uh, Celsius today. Second one. It's just, you know, late night last night and working hard and and um, had the Arctic vibe early. Now having a, a tropical vibe, go. but but I did have the uh, the golden haze of piracy last night. So good stuff. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Let's get to a couple more uh, comments here again. Appreciate everyone that was uh, joining us today. Had a lot of great super chats, which is uh, truly awesome. And speak yes. of that, right on time, we get another super chat from the No Time for Feelings podcast. 499 Super Chat. Thank you very much. People saying Brady done till he leaves us next year and will go win a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Hmm. He's been ranked to the, yeah. ranked to the Raiders a ton. Part of it is yeah. UFC president Dana White said that it was essentially a done deal. If I'm Tom Brady, and I get it, Josh McDaniels yeah. is there, longtime offensive coordinator. They were linked together with the Patriots. I don't know if that's the best fit for. Yeah for Brady just in terms of like you know that's a that's a pretty tough division out there you got Mahomes you got to play twice right Broncos have a tough defense um the Chargers obviously with Justin Herbert he's going to be there for over a decade as your starting quarterback and the Raiders you got Devontae Adams you got a solid pass rush with Max Crosby and and Chandler Jones but I don't know I just I don't love that fit in Vegas I don't either. I put it in there when I, I wrote about this in my SRS Fat Five a couple weeks ago, as as a potential fit, just because of the of the McDaniel's connection and the fact that Brady was linked out there. But I think that bridge has kind of been crossed. I think that ship has sailed. I believe if Tom Brady's going to come back, and I wrote about this today, I think it's going to be in Tampa. I don't know that that the 49ers were that enthralled by Tom's performance yesterday. And I think Kyle Shanahan said, well, not that Brock Purdy is better than, than Tom Brady by any means, but Brock Purdy played pretty damn good yeah. yesterday and and is a good fit for that that system. They still have Trey Lance. I don't think they're going to give up on him. Maybe they will. Probably they should. But I don't know. His kids are on the East Coast you know, Giselle's got a place in Miami, and I think that's where where the kids are. You know, it's a hop, skip, and a jump on an airplane from Tampa to Miami, and and then you've got his son Jack up in New York. I just don't see him out there by himself in Las Vegas. 
Um, unless he's out there partying with Gronk now that he's single. Maybe right. <laughs> maybe, maybe Gronk will convince Brady to go out there and hit the strip and 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 live it up now that he's single. I, I don't know. I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I don't think that's that's the the favorite uh, destination right now. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I thought that Brady would, was done with the Buccaneers, but just have a feeling that that he might come back for one more year, and we'll see what happens. Still too early to tell, but uh, you know, we, we were talking about the crunch time for the Buccaneers, yeah. and obviously their schedule. They've got the Bengals coming up this week. They've got the. After that, they go to, to the Arizona to play the Cardinals on Christmas. I'm very concerned about that game. The the Bucks have not played well on the road this year outside of the first two road games of the season, really. Yeah. Going to Dallas and winning, and then the Saints game. They just have not played well on the road. Matt, there's nothing exciting about spending Christmas Eve in a hotel room in Phoenix, right? Away from the kids and the family and all of that. Some of these guys are single, but but – you know, and then, then having to wait all day on Christmas to play Christmas night. It's just, it's not fun. This team should be motivated. They should be excited. It's December football, but there's something about this team and some immaturity that makes me really worry about the Cardinals game. They're, the Cardinals are, are not um, a world beater by any means. They're not having a great season, but that game is going to be a challenge uh, for the Buccaneers. And and then you've got, of course, the Panthers after that at home, Matt, for the, the home finale. And then they go on the road to Atlanta and play the Falcons in the season finale. And when you look at, at the the last four games for the the Carolina Panthers now, who also have a 3-1 and one record in the division, just like the Buccaneers yeah. do, the, the Falcons and the Saints are 1-3. and three, But the Panthers will play host to the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, right. Steelers, Lions, Bucks, and um, who's and the, the Saints. The Saints. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, right? All of a sudden, the Detroit Lions are our hot team. They're, they're yeah. winning games, <laughs> right? Uh, the Steelers aren't dead yet. They lost a tough game to the Ravens, but but the Steelers and and the Lions, you know, those are two tough games before playing the Buccaneers. And so th- these these other teams, Detroit, Pittsburgh, they might help Tampa out. With uh, with knocking the Panthers down a couple pegs, although they're playing really good football under Steve Wilkes, the Falcons' schedule looks like this. And of course, they're starting Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, the Bearcat quarterback, with Marcus Mariota going on injured reserve. This is how their season plays out. They have two away games, then two home games. The away games are at New Orleans and then at Baltimore, who's down to their third string quarterback now that Lamar Jackson's out and and. Uh, 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 Huntley out there, backup quarterback. Then they will host the Cardinals on New Year's Day and then host the Buccaneers on January 8th. So when you look at at the Falcons' schedule, it's really going to all depend on how Desmond Ritter plays, right? If he plays like yeah. a rookie and that rookie is Brock Purdy, then they might be sitting, <laughs> they might be sitting Purdy. But yeah. if he plays more like a typical rookie quarterback, then maybe – the Falcons, it might go two and two, maybe one and three down the stretch with that record. We'll see. And then, of course, the Saints just ran out the NFC South. The, they're they're in a real tough spot because of of their record and also their their mark in the division. And they they again will will host the Falcons this week. Then they travel to Cleveland. That's going to be a cold game for the Saints who play indoors. But that's going to be outside 
on New Year's, I'm sorry, on Christmas Eve, Matt. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a potential cold weather game, should be a very cold weather game, against the Cleveland Browns on December 24th. And then at Philadelphia, that's going to be another cold game, back-to-back, that's going to be on New Year's Day. And then they they finish at home against the Panthers. So I just don't see any way the Saints come anywhere close to running the table, which is pretty much what they'd have to do to win the division right now, in my opinion. Yeah, they better hope that the Eagles have nothing to play for right. <laughs> on that on their, on that New Year's Day game, which honestly they might not. I mean, they only have one loss. The Vikings just lost this week and uh, don't look as great. And uh, I think the Cowboys are still close enough to, uh, to chase them. So yeah. uh, they probably will have something to play for. By the way, the Christmas games yeah. absolutely suck in terms of talent uh, yeah. in this game. You have Packers-Dolphins, which... Again, at the beginning of the season, okay, that's yeah. exciting. But right. clearly, Packers have uh, gone plubbing even worse than the Bucks have. Then you have Broncos Rams. I mean, that is just vomit central right yeah. there. And then Bucks versus Cardinals, two teams that uh, have been struggling as well. So those games pretty much suck. But you can make them way more entertaining if uh, you put a little money on them and pick some players. With right. uh, underdog fantasy, can't go wrong there. It makes the games way more exciting than uh, they could have been if you were just, uh, just watching straight up as a fan. Underdog fantasy is the easiest way to get some action on the NFL with their pick'em games and their rivalry games. You just choose an over/under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold haul cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by using Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plants to Math, you know that that is a great deal, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W. T-E-R. You don't even have to wait until Christmas. You can do yep. uh, the games tonight, which the Cardinals will be playing in. So if you're a Bucks fan, you should be interested because I'm not sure exactly what type of uh, what type of Cardinals team we're going to see tonight. Obviously, yep. playing uh, against the Patriots since the home game for Arizona. Um, and you don't need to pick just football. You can do hockey, basketball. You yep. can do the World Cup. I made some World Cup picks uh, on good. Underdog Fantasy. If you're into that, so uh, a lot of different options over on Underdog fantasy dave with a comment dave wheelhauer i think i got that right yeah schedule makers did bucks no favors making them go west after monday night football yeah not only that but west uh two times in three weeks with the afc champions mixed in there uh yeah definitely tough at the end of the season yeah i mean and it's like you're going to be playing the bengals this sunday then going back to the west coast kind of with uh, the arizona game so yeah i mean i i think if, if you're trying to help the Buccaneers out and you have these these remaining games, maybe this Sunday, yesterday, should have been uh, like the, a Panthers at home, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> and, and then maybe like the week before you go to uh, to Atlanta, then maybe go to, to San Francisco for the yeah, – that, that, that is a tough West Coast road trip. Uh, Todd Bowles not making any excuses whatsoever, but, but uh, yeah, that's that's a little challenging for sure. Yeah, without without question, it kind of reminds me of uh, 
the first year with Bruce Arians where the Bucs had the London game and they essentially didn't have a, a game at Raymond James Stadium for like a month and a half because yeah. the London game was a <laughs> home right. game. And like even the guy that makes the schedule, his name I'm forgetting right now, but even yeah. the guy that made the schedule was like, yeah, right. I wish I had that one back. So yeah, he's like, sorry, I screwed uh, the Bucs, but I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of seasons and now Todd right. Bowles is getting screwed in his first season coaching the Bucs. Uh, definitely tough at the end of the year, but yep. again, I don't think any of us predicted that the Bucks would be in this dogfight to win the division. No pun intended with Dave's uh, dog on the screen there. Dave, thank you for the $5 yeah. super chat. Thanks for the great content, guys. Well, yep. thank you for watching. We really appreciate it. Yep. Uh, the Panthers defense looking scary. Yeah, I mean, uh, all these cats are looking good right now, man. You get the Lions playing well, the Bengals playing well, and the Panthers playing well right now. Steve Wilkes done a very good job. In Carolina, Marquise Haynes, who was a pass rusher out of Ole Miss, he was at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago. Matt, not a couple years, probably 2018. Yeah, 2018, I think. Uh, I liked him a lot at Ole Miss. A big sack, force fumble guy, really undersized pass rusher, but uh, but I, I think he would have been a great fit for this Todd Bowles defense. Just they ran a four three back in 2018, not a three four. So. He really wasn't on the Bucks' radar, but he's been a player that's kind of really come on four sacks in four games for them, and he's he's uh, he's playing well. This Bucks defense has, has has got to you know to get with the the takeaways and the interceptions to help this this Buccaneer team. It's crazy. I was looking at some statistics. The Buccaneers have seven interceptions last year. I'm sorry, seven interceptions this year. They had 17 last year. They forced eight fumbles. And they've recovered five. And last year, I want to say they they forced twelve fumbles and recovered ten. So they're just really behind the marker <laughs> on 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 these these takeaways. And and that's not helping this offense because this offense no. needs all the help it can get. It's not getting short fields. It's not getting an extra possession. Right. It's it's uh it's just it's not the complimentary football that Todd Bowles wants to play. And we've seen very, very few instances of it. Matt, we saw it in the fourth quarter of that Saints game, but we just haven't seen nearly enough complimentary football. Last year's Bucks offense would have been totally fine with this year's Bucks defense, mm -hmm. but this year's Bucks offense desperately needs last season's Bucks defense. But unfortunately, yes. uh, that's not the case. And you talk about complimentary football and playing a full four quarters. I truly think the Bucs have only played one complete game this season, and that was when they beat the Seahawks in the Germany game. Outside yeah. of that, I don't think you can confidently say the Bucs have played full complimentary four-quarter football, unless you want to say the Cowboys game, kind of. Maybe, um, yeah. But that's week one. The Saints yeah. game, again, the offense didn't turn it on until the fourth quarter. I really just think it's it's the one game a couple weeks ago before the bye where the Bucs have really put it all together. And outside of that, this team has just looked lost offensively. Um, they can't get anything going until the last second, and that's why they're in the situation uh, that they're in. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes, uh, it, 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 sometimes it's it's almost too late, right? When you wait that that long, it's almost too late. Gosh, that's almost what happened with, with, with me and my low testosterone. I waited. I should have had this taken care of. 
years ago. I just turned 50 this year and I, and I was feeling it. Then I went to age rejuvenation and I got a lot better. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. You know, Matt, if you go back and listen to some of the old Peter Report podcasts that I did back in the off season, we were doing the draft coverage, right? Uh, you know, what, what did I say? Uh, this team probably is going to be drafting <laughs> Logan Hall with their first pick in the draft. If you go to pewterreport.com's mock draft, we've got Logan Hall in there. We also have got this running back, Rashad White. The Bucks will probably draft him in the third round. And, and those, that was true. That was good analysis. We actually nailed those picks in our mock draft. But the problem, Matt, is I sounded terrible, right, because I was old. And now I feel young. And the reason why is because I got testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. That's right. I turn back time, as Cher would say. Uh, I, I'm feeling much better. I, I dropped some pounds uh, and not just weight on the scale, but actual pounds of fat because of my, my metabolism has just been boosted. It's fantastic. I feel like I'm 40 rather than 50. And, and I got my testosterone checked out at age rejuvenation. I Highly encourage you to go to agejuvenation.com. There's not a better time than right now, right? Because you're going to have your New Year's resolutions. You're going to want to lose weight and get in shape and all those great things come January. Well, go to Age Rejuvenation right now. Get the testosterone therapy going. Get your testosterone level checked. They'll do the lab work. Their insurance will, will, will pay for it. And give yourself the gift of good health. Go to agejuvenation.com. Sign up for that free consultation. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. And why not look better, feel better, feel younger heading into the new year? Do what I did. Go to Age Rejuvenation. Check it out, agerejuvenation.com. Before we get out of here, just want to remind everyone that for the Bucks versus Bengals game, we will have the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented yeah. by Age Rejuvenation. It will be live from the walk-ons in Midtown. Yeah. On uh, Sunday, followed by the Peter Game Day show. So the tailgate show will start at 2.30. And then the game day show with myself and a guest uh, giving our live uh, reactions to everything going on. Uh, that will take place on when kickoff gets going at 4.25. Right. Bucks have played good. They've played bad. Uh, we have fun regardless, all in between. So make sure you check it out. It's It's always a fun time. And then. Last but certainly not least, uh, if you like our content here on our YouTube channel, our content over at pewterreport.com, do us a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pewter Report TV. We're really trying to get to 10,000 subscribers by uh, the end of the Buck season, which looking it's looking like it's going to end sooner rather than later unless they get a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a big playoff run coming up. But uh, if you like the live streams that we do, if you like the podcast, um, if you enjoy the, the clips that we put out, from uh, you know interviews and press conferences at the Bucks facility, just do us a favor and subscribe. Hit that like button; uh, it's absolutely free. It just lets you know when we have new content out, and uh, we're always putting up a lot of content. I mean, we do yep. the show four times a week. Our live stream is five or six hours long, so you're always getting a ton of content with us. Uh, would really appreciate it if you guys absolutely yeah. um, could do that. The, 
be a big favor uh, to yeah. us. As Pat says that he wants Scott as a nope. head coach. <laughs> Do not want that job. Uh, I'll take the salary uh, and then I will fake an injury, I'll fake a heart attack or stroke or or some type of malady uh and you know just just to cash in and and, uh, and so you're leave. gonna pull uh urban meyer uh, yeah that's exactly what i was thinking i'll pull an urban yeah. meyer uh and just uh, collect the check and run but uh yeah do not want that job don't want the pressure uh, i'd rather report take, on this uh, team than, I'll than take run it bruce i'll take the bruce consultant job i'll be down. yeah <laughs> yeah i'll take that too right <laughs> the jason light bartender role yeah, yeah exactly i'm, I'm all over that a, so. make a couple drinks in the front office yep uh, appreciate it look at look at nathan yeah. appreciate you nathan thanks so much man. nathan uh, you're the best thank you yep. uh thank you very much for all your support of pewterreport.com yep. we uh greatly appreciate that and we greatly appreciate everyone that's a part of history because this was the greatest episode that we've ever done of the yep. pewter report podcast Feel really good about it try man. to top yep. that on Wednesday's show when we preview the Bucks' next matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals and if they yeah. can play any better than they did on Sunday uh, against the 49ers. We'll see if they can rebound. Yeah. It looks like the Bengals. the Bengals might be without Boyd and, and Higgins, yeah. two of their receivers, so that might help things, especially with this banged-up secondary. But we'll have a full injury report coming on Wednesday after we're at one buck in your place. So make sure you stay tuned to our next Peter Report podcast, 4 o'clock. Eastern time live here on Peter Report TV. Please do. So for Scott, I'm Matt saying thanks everybody for watching and listening, and we will see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out and happy birthday, Bob Barker. 99 years old. Bob Barker. Price is right. <laughs>